words appear. The email addresses and groups mentioned in this program are no longer available. The Blind Handyman Group does exist in its new incarnation on groups.io. To join, send a blank email to blindhandyman plus subscribe at groups.io. That's blindhandyman plus subscribe at groups.io. Alternatively, you can join our Blind Handyman Facebook group. Links will be in the description box below. This being show number 69, everybody, on February 19th, 2004, believe it or not. And we're recording at the Little Ranch House on Southwood Drive right here in Lufkin, Texas. For the next hour, we're going to talk about building, repairing, and maintaining, all designed, of course, with the blind in mind. The host for the Blind Handyman Show, Don... Shaw. Well, <laughs> there you go, Mr. Houston. I, I, I saw Patterson's eyes get big to see what, uh-huh. what last name I was coming up with, Don uh-huh. Patterson. Uh, well, I don't care what Punxsutawney Phil says in Pennsylvania. Spring Dam seems like it's come to Texas. <laughs> seems like it. My name is Tom Houston, the token sighted guy and driver for the Blind Handyman Show. But here he is, ladies and gentlemen, the creator, the producer of Blind Handyman <laughs> Give me some idea what kind of crowd we have here today. <laughs> you know, <laughs> pathetic, isn't it? You realize that that someday it's going to be from you know Pinecrest, the Pinecrest Recording Studio. And we'll all be laying in our beds, kind of in the upright position during this, this show. I think all of us are sick. Tom, Tom, and I, and everybody's had doctor's appointments, and uh, we're recording a little late this week, but we're here. Yeah. We're, everybody got through Valentine's Day, Pat? Did you? Did you buy Emily? Absolutely, money? yeah. I got her entertainment armoire for the bedroom for the TV for Valentine's Day. Yes, sir. Well, don't tell Luann, okay? Uh, well, I got I, her a little cheap box of candy. I think, I, well, I think Emmy's yeah. getting her over tonight to show it to her. Yeah, I, I bought her a little nothing box of candy. I think that'd be 
Actually, I bought her a dozen roses. Right. Well, that was sweet. Dozen uh, roses. I, 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 I figured, what the hell, I let her pay for them. Uh, <laughs> well, I got, yeah, that's a good way of looking at it. That's a well, good way. Well, you know, I got into trouble last year with the roses. Yes, called I know. It, uh, the, the florist, I mean, I called it the last minute, kind of, 2 o'clock Valentine's Day, and said, could you deliver a dozen roses? And I've never heard so many people laugh in all my life. <laughs> yeah, they, uh, I, I hedged my bet, though, this time. I called him. Yeah, you gave me uh, two days heads up. I, I did. Yeah. I called you and, and reminded you because I didn't want you to get in the same. Because uh, when you're married, it's a lot. It's a lot. Well, we had already we had all, I'd already figured this out. And I, I knew what she wanted, and uh, I just couldn't. I, I knew what she wanted, but she's kind of particular, and I couldn't find exactly the right one. But we did, and so. Uh, when, you, when it's your girlfriend, it's a little different because when it's your wife, you're living with him, so it takes three or four days to get over. Oh yeah, yeah. I just did a real nice card in a box of chocolates, which, <laughs> which you you've yeah. probably been helping her eat. Of course, they were heart shaped. And weren't they? Weren't they? <laughs> heart shaped chocolates. <laughs> yes, that's right. John Boy, that's my yeah, favorite. I have to go with the chocolates also. Hers too. I found it. <laughs> I mean, I know what you did, Shaw. You yeah. told her, well, we're having the dog fixed. Isn't that enough? <laughs> yeah. You didn't do that? Not this time. Not this year. Shaw's dog oh, is just some sort of problem. So what, what, what? tell us about it. What was it, Shaw? What, what did you do? Oh, the old chocolate candy trip. Oh, okay. That's good. That, that, right. I had to get them every that, time. That or Mexican food will work pretty yeah. good. Yeah. Every time. Of course, my wife's on a diet, so I've had to eat most of the chocolates. It's been oh, dirty. it's just a dirty job, but someone's, someone's got to do it. Someone's got to do it. Well, we're all here. It seems like a long time since we've been. Doesn't it seem like yeah. a while since we recorded? We usually record on Monday. We're recording on Thursday, so we're three or four days behind. But it just seems like a long time since we've all been gathered in our places with bright, shiny faces and all that silly stuff. <laughs> anyway, do we have email or what? Well, we, we do have... indeed. Well, we took some stuff off the list here Awful. that I thought was applicable. All right. And uh, this is something you and Don Shaw, I don't know a whole, a whole lot about, and it's building picnic tables. Oh, man. Uh-huh. Hello, I'm thinking of building a picnic table and was wondering how long the standard table was and how to figure the angles you need to cut for the legs and such. Thanks, Bob. Well, it depends. What I did, I went to Walmart and bought a cheap one, a little $40 one, and never put it together. Just used it as a pattern. As a pattern. As a pattern. I guess I could, uh, the, um, I guess the, uh, the, the tables we built are about six feet long, and they're tables with attached benches. So the supports go, the top is just a normal top with a thing on each end with a, with a, um, let's see, we built the tops, the last ones we built, we built the tops out of what they call uh, deck boards that are six inches or five and three quarters inches wide. That, that five quarter lumber, yeah, right? Five yeah, quarter, five quarter yeah. lumber, and it's it's an inch and a quarter thick, and it's five and three quarters inches wide, I think, and we had five of those across the, the top, six feet long. And the angle, uh, the problem with cutting angles is you got to remember, uh, you cut the same. If you cut, if you take a board, a two before, and you cut an angle at the bottom, and then you cut exactly the same angle at the top, the top angle will be flat. You know what I'm saying? Uh huh. In other words, if you put that bottom angle down on the floor and you've cut exactly the same angle at the top, the the the, the top angle is going to be flat to go against the top of the picnic table. Uh huh. And then you just put a cross piece across there and put benches on it, and bingo, you've got it. Well, I would say, and, and I think we could measure and, and, and send, maybe if we wanted to take mm-hmm. this on ourselves, we could e- email him this. But roughly, your 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 end pieces, your support, are 
or like an X, like the letter X, a capital yeah. letter. And then you have your cross piece going across there at some point for your benches yeah. to rest on, <clears throat> which would be. But actually, those angles there should be 45s. The, the one on the top and then the one on the bottom in the opposite. Well, actually, they would be in the same cut on your miter saw, wouldn't they, Don? Actually, they would be the same cut. The same they would cut. Be, it would be the same way. In other words, it, the board would angle mm -hmm. the same way. You'd have a small side right. of the board and a long side. So it would be you'd, if you cut the board on your miter saw, you'd flip it over and remember to cut it exactly the same way. And if you put that flat angle on the and 45 would do it. It'd be flat. If right. you put that flat 45 on the ground, the, it's going to be flat on top. Right. It's it, yeah. If the if the angle is setting flat on the ground, which would be wait a minute now, the angle would be reversed. Think about it. Yeah, the angle would be would be reversed. Well, let's see. The angle if you would be reversed it and on cut one it end. And then turned your board around. No, you could keep your saw. If you cut one end off at a forty-five, and yeah. then you flipped your board around, it would be the same. Okay, it would be the same angle, the but same. the angles go two different ways. Uh, Not yes. really. Yes, sir. Yeah, they, yeah, they do. Think about it. Think about it. I got it in my mind. They go two different ways. They go two different ways. If they went the same way, uh, it wouldn't work. They go two different ways. They go One would go one way and one would go the other. Trust me on this one. I'm going to draw it. <laughs> okay, I think, I think if you laid your board on your miter saw, okay, and, and, you, saw, cut one, and you cut 145. No, okay, but let's have your saw is turned to the left. It's turned to the left. Yeah. Okay. You push it, you and cut and your, board, your board is extended to the right. Is that correct? No, your board's extended to the left. We're cutting the little end off on the... Okay. All right, you cut that, and then if you turn that board around and use that, leave that saw where it is and cut it again, both of your angles would be leaning in the same direction it won't work if won't work it, it, it's confusing to me I can't, I can't the angle's got to be the other way in other words if you you've cut the board the angle the board is sticking out to the to the left of your miter saw right uh -huh. and you're cutting and you're cutting to the left you cut one angle and you flip that board over that angle needs to face away from you well, are we saying flip the board over or swap ends? Swap ends. Well, it, it the angle swap ends, be and the that same. angle needs that angle needs the angle needs to be the little side needs to be away from you when you cut the next one. I think. Mm, yep. <laughs> okay. Well, I, I'll get one when we get through and show you. Okay. On the break, I'll go get one and show you. That's the way it's got to be. If if not, you got this angle down, and then the other angle is going to be slanting the wrong way. Okay. <laughs> anyway, in other words, in other words, you're saying you put both angles on the same side of the board. You have a long side of the board and a short side. Right. That's wrong. No, you have, but well, I, I can show you. Anyway, you don't have to change positions of your saw. No, you don't. If no, you, you just don't. flip your board. No, you but the angles would be. Going but the angles would be going right? opposite ways. Be going like this. Yeah. Oh, okay. The yeah. Board slant so it would still be flat on top flat and on flat on the, on the bottom. Yes, sir. Yeah. Yes, sir. Okay. But the angles go opposite ways on the ends of the board. And that's a good idea, taking, buying the picnic table to get the first pattern. I mean, if you're going to build several of them, that's the easiest well, yeah, way to do it. Just going to build a bunch. Don't put it together and just use those oh, sure. pieces. Because you can buy one at Walmart for $39.95 and you put it together. And then you got your cutout. And, but now, if you're going to build a decent picnic table, the wood is going to cost you 50 to $60 for a decent picnic table, plus nuts and bolts and... and um, yeah, those carriage bolts. And those carriage bolts. But you know, if you're gonna if you're just gonna build one, just go to Walmart and buy one. You could you could you could do it cheaper than you could yeah. you know, if you don't have any tools 
if you got plenty of tools, uh, buy one and, and use this pattern. And just wanted to do it for the heck of it. If you just want to do yeah. it for the heck of it. But it, it would be, uh, you know, if you're just going to do one, just go buy one. If you're going to do several, we did. But you had a picnic table yeah, assembly line going here for a while now. I've, we've probably done two dozen in, in since, I, yeah. since I made the first one. We've probably done two dozen. There's uh, eight, I think, over at the baseball field right now. Uh-huh. Because we had this baseball field, and my brother-in-law keeps giving them away. <laughs> yeah. friend he is, and what the hell his deal is. And it's nice, here's a nice picnic table. feel like it, you know. Anyway. Okay, do y'all know anything <laughs> about ventless stove hoods? Ventless, yeah. Uh, my microwave is ventless. We have one. We have but, one. Okay, it says, hi, everybody. Can those ventless stove hood filters be cleaned? No. Or should they just be replaced? Mine is sticky, greasy from the last tenant, and I don't really want to mess around in there. Well, just throw it away. Yeah. Yeah. I go buy Dar- a new one. Darla. Thank you, Darla. Darla, go buy a new filter. Sticky, nasty, greasy. Yeah, take it out. And, and ours is ventless. And the only advantage I can see to it is you don't have wind whistling down the vent in the wintertime. Yeah. How about yours new one out, John? Well, all it, yeah, they're all ventless anymore. And all that does, you know, they're... <sighs> People with kind of scientific minds will tell you that venting with a ventless hood is kind of stupid. It doesn't really work. You're just recirculating the same air. Well, yeah. yeah. You're trying, and actually filter. the filter is supposed to. Now, these filters can be cleaned if the, if somebody's cleaning them on a regular basis. They're metal. Most of them are, are, are metal, and a lot of them are dishwasher safe. You know, we're not talking about the old kind of a cloth, like, I mean, it, it, there's an outer filter, kind of an outer cover, and then there's this inner kind of mesh screen. I yeah. guess, are we talking well, about I, the same I, thing? I, think they're filled, I thought they were filled with charcoal. I thought they were charcoal filters. Well, there are some, but I think anymore now there, it's like a metal, because I, I inserted, the outside part can be clean. Let's put it then that yeah. way. You have a dual filter, and then the other one I think you buy replacements. Yeah, for the but, charcoal. But you uh, wouldn't need to buy a replacement, but every couple of years, really. Yeah, if you'll keep the outside, you know, and, and then there again, that would depend on how much fried. I mean, frying is the worst man, oh, yeah. you know, no just doubt. total. Speaking that. of frying, I have come to the conclusion that we... In the part of Texas we are in is a deep fry low sushi area. <laughs> what do you think? Huh? I would. Uh, We're a deep fry low sushi yeah, here in I would East, go for that. In East Texas. <laughs> anyway, what else you got? Okay, here's a guy who's got a talking indoor-outdoor thermometer. Yeah, uh, the indoor uh, portion seems to work just fine. Uh-huh. Once in a while, the outdoor probe wire or circuitry <laughs> seems to have a problem. <laughs> yeah, now, it goes nuts. The thermometer will suddenly say 31.9 degrees, and it'll say it three times. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Now, I think saying it three times is normal, but the outdoor temperature will be in the 60s or 70s. Yeah. Now, if I check the thermometer a while later, it will be back to normal. Yeah. The probe isn't in the wind, so it isn't being moved. It is hanging under the roof of my balcony. I assume the resistance of the wire or probe is used to determine the temperature. Any ideas how I can fix this problem? By the way, the wire isn't being pinched or crimped. I have it running out above the fixed portion of my sliding glass door, and this comes from a fellow by the name of Phil. That help uh, him out, guys. I think everybody's that has one of those has done that. You, I think you're the one that first said. You know, I thought they, they had, a, had a fire in the kitchen. Yeah, I was going to say it goes. You know, the in the, it mine said, and I think it gives the outside no inside temperature first, or. 
whichever. But anyway, at some point it said like it's 108. And, uh, and I'm thinking, you know, somebody's got, I mean, the stove, we're on fire. Uh, first I thought it was a low battery. No, not quite. I mean, it could, but mine does it periodically. I'd say live with it because I don't know how to fix it. And And I'll tell you about battery changing. Mine still works, and I haven't changed the batteries in two years. It's Man. just it just cranks on, and so uh, I uh, have four indoor outdoor thermometers, three that are used as indoor outdoor thermometers, and one that I use to check the swimming pool with. Uh-huh. And the reason I'm using this one to check the swimming pool with is because it is the one that that gave me the it, it is the one that would read temp- inside temperature 147, you know, <laughs> yeah. outside temperature 26, and it was 106 in the shade. So yeah. I don't know why some of them do that. I've got a talking caller ID that will just go number unknown, and the phone hasn't <laughs> rung, or number blocked, and the phone hasn't rung. So figure that out. Yeah, and, and like the guy said, too, his goes back to normal. It does, Mine eventually. Mine will do it, and it does it three times, so I don't know what that tells you. And it'll be wrong all three times, and then the next time you can walk up and punch the button Everything will right be back after to it's, normal. it's done it. And it'll my, be normal sometimes. My probe almost lays on the ground. It's hanging out of a window. It's not mm-hmm. It's not crimped, but it's hanging, and it's on the north side of the house. And it has been, I guarantee you, as accurate as you can get. I mean, if you call the Lufkin, my my temperature is usually with the with the weather. But every once in a while, it just goes spastic like. Mine is hanging up under an eave. The one I've got one beside my bed, so when I wake up in the morning, I can reach over and punch, and see what the temperature is outside, or or you know check that. And and it does pretty good. But I tell you what, don't do. You think you can do this because that thing on the end you think is just a piece of steel. It's not. There's a name for it. And I cannot think of the name. It's it's uh, some type of, I think, some type of diode that's on the end of there. Don't change the length of the cable, because if you do, it will not read correctly anymore. I, I tried that. I thought, well, this is just a little thin shielded cable. I'd like for this to be longer. So I added, you know, eight feet to it, yeah. and it doesn't read right anymore. So the, the resistance of the cable has something to do with, with how it reads. And you can buy other probes from Radio Shack, but I never got... The one I cut, I never got it to work right again. I mean, it gave odd temperatures. And, Do they still make uh, this? The indirector thermometer? Yeah. I think it's in all the blind catalogs. I don't know if radio I, I love it. this one. It's been the best. Uh, you know, the little other one, the little fold-up thermometer that yeah. you gave me or sold me that we use yeah. inside, uh, that's a battery hog. And, yeah. And, it, and, I mean, it just... It, the battery just it starts out and it's a woman's voice and then by the time you know like two weeks later it's a guy's voice it's like they had a sex change operation and then the, by the next week it, no voice you know, I mean it's out of batteries it just well and it's it's uh, it, they I don't Radio Shack doesn't make those anymore but they, you you blind people you can't set them uh, there's no way yeah, I got, you've got, and I have trouble remembering because I don't have the manual and yeah. you have to just go through all these modes it's it's pretty yeah, it's really difficult to set but of course you can't. You also can't, the, the indoor-outdoor thermometer has a clock also. You can't set that either. But if you just hook it up, it'll, you can get it to Fahrenheit. That's easy enough to do. And I'd say just live with it. But in the middle of the night, I'll be, the worst thing is if you're standing in there at 4.30 in the morning making coffee and it goes, number or not, it scares you. Because <laughs> it's right there by me. I mean, it's in the middle of the house so that you can hear it all over the house. I have it turned up all the way so you can hear it everywhere. I don't remember where I bought it. It was about 50 bucks from somebody in a little dollar. Anyway, our guest is, uh, wait a minute, what is his name? His name is, his name uh, is, let's see. Uh-huh. Let's see. on the 16th of this month for the Blind Handyman.
We have Harry Cohen. All right, so Harry Cohen is going to talk about thermostats. Thermostats. Talking thermostats for you, and we'll be back with Harry Cohen and more for the Blind Andy Bean Show in just a minute. Exactly the same way sighted people do. So we need a, uh, some input from other blind people to, to find out how they do uh, household repairs. And, and uh, so we formed this term, this blind handyman, and we got a list going. And as far as blind like me is concerned, it, it, it's uh, we want to use it as an educational tool. As I remember being a young adult, a young person, and thinking, well, how am I going to? I want a, a, a nice house and a, uh, as kids and a uh, you know good job. But how am I going to do that? And, and I had just had no idea. And I think the blind like me show uh, demonstrates the fact that it can be done uh, in even if you are blind. That's not a handicap. It can be done. If you would like to be a guest on either show, or you can suggest someone as a guest, email us at blindhandyman at hotmail.com or blindlikeme at txucom.net. Well, so far, it's been a labor of love. Blind Handyman. Be sure.
mentor and tell a friend about the program and email us often, blindhandyman at hotmail.com. Now, here is more of the show with Don Shaw. <laughs> All right. We are back with are our... Are we back? Oh, excuse me. Did you come back to me? Actually, he came back to me. No, I came back to Don. You we were take it over. We but. were trying to trying to work out. To, I was dialing my my long distance code, and Harry has an eight hundred number, so I didn't need it. Harry Cohen, how are you, sir? Uh, Phil, I'm I'm fine, thank you, and uh, good afternoon. We finally got through to you, and finally got this show done, didn't we? It, uh, we sure did. Took a while. I was beginning to wonder if I was ever gonna, <laughs> was ever gonna make it. We're all, we're all well today. That doesn't mean we're all well, but we're all here. We're all now, here. You are in Minneapolis, St. Paul. I am, and currently it's about uh, 33 degrees in in Minneapolis. My yes, goodness. sir. Whoa, a warm front. But and they're, and they're forecasting uh, rain. For this evening and snow. But uh, you're headed for Texas tomorrow. In the morning. That's right. See, that's amazing. What a deal. You're coming to, you're going to go to Galveston. You couldn't talk her out of that, huh? I couldn't talk her out of it. Even even after I told you that the water in Galveston's not pretty and, uh, you know, it's maybe crowded and who knows. Uh, well, fish up on the beach, you know, stuff like that. Well, anyway, she can say she's been to Galveston. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. <clears throat> and she got to do what she wanted to, and that sometimes is important to. And then also uh, yes. spending a couple days in uh, San Antonio. Oh, is that right? On top of it, yeah. Well, it ought to be nice over there. Well, uh, it ought to be. The river. Go down on the river. Down to the river walk. Eat some Mexican food. Down. Have you ever had Texas Mexican food? Sure have. Have you? Yes, sir. Well, good. You'll, and it's good. It is. I love it. It's uh, oh, yeah. It's cheap to make, uh, and there's lots of restaurants that serve it, but it's it's really good. Yes. Sir. Now, you um, you retired. Uh, what was your vocation? What did you do for a living all those years? I'm an engineer, uh, and I worked for Honeywell for 23 years. I started out in engineering. I was uh, building circuits. I was... Uh, designing circuits, and I went from engineering into marketing and sales. All right. And I retired from Honeywell in uh, January of 2000. Now, Honeywell makes what? What is their primary? They make all kinds. What, what oh, their... they make all kinds of things now, uh, from airplane engines uh, to thermostats and everything in between. And so you were designing circuits for all these uh, different Not products. all the products, uh, control products uh, used uh, okay. for, for uh, heating, uh, ventilating, air conditioning. Okay, so... Okay, those type of products. Those yes. kinds of products. Yes, sir. And you retired from Honeywell thinking, well, I'll uh, sit around, fish a little, uh, go out to my, uh, my ice house on the middle of the lake in the wintertime. And sit out there, uh, drill a hole. Sit out there, drill a hole. And, and catch fish. That's right. I know about this right there from listening to Prairie Home Companion. I know about these ice houses. Yes, sir. A lot of whiskey drunk in those ice houses. Oh, yeah. Man. Buds and, you know, I love it. A little, you know, that kind of stuff. Anyway. Uh, uh, you know, and anyway, I was I was told by my wife. Yeah. I was given an ultimatum. Uh-huh. You know, she said, find, find uh, something to do or uh, uh, move out. So I found something to do. I think I was married to her sister at one time. <laughs> find something to do or get out. So That's right. Because uh -huh. you were driving her crazy. Yes, right? I was. Yes, I. You were. You were in her around her all the time and yes. just driving her nuts. And she yeah. was. She had her life like she wanted it. So you retired. So you said, "Well, all right. Here's what I'll think I'll do." And I said, "Okay, I will find something to do." 
And I started up a business on uh, the Internet, uh-huh. uh, selling thermostats. Uh-huh. Uh, uh, from, my, from my days at Honeywell, I, I knew something about the thermostats, because at one time, that was Honeywell's... Big thing, yeah. Uh, ...primary business. Yeah. Uh-huh. You know, so I went out and I searched for uh, specialized thermostats. You know, one was for cabin owners. Okay. Uh, they can call their cabin, say, on a Friday afternoon. The thermostat answers, and it tells them what the temperature is in the cabin. Uh-huh. And they can then, from their cell phone or their home phone or office phone, uh, take it, you know, from from 50 degrees, where it's at all week, uh-huh. up to 70 degrees or 68 or some number. With a cell phone. Yeah. What a deal. And, yeah. And... You know, start heating up the cabin, and if they're four or five hours away, the cabin will be warm by the time they get there. Now, this piece of equipment, is is it only do that, or can you do other things? Will it, it'll check, uh, when it check, make sure that the electricity's on, and and it'll, it'll do some other things. I mean, they make them that will do other things also, right? Yes. Yeah. Okay, it is a full-featured yeah. uh, uh, thermostat. Yeah, because that's the way... If you it, it, radio stations are usually not at the transmitter site anymore, they're, that is correct. There's someplace else, and the, you have this thermostat at your transmitter, so you call the transmitter and see what the temperature is in the transmitter building. Because in the in the you've got to you've got to cool it in the summer; it won't stay on the air. That's but correct. But it will, and also you can this this thermostat will tell you a lot of other things. It will tell you if there's been a breach of the door locks or you know it will, it will tell you many things yeah you sell those also i do not sell those but you sell just the thermostat these the, the uh, th- thermostat plus i sell a uh, freeze alarm and what is that a freeze alarm uh people can can put in their homes and their cabins uh and if they go away uh people from up here in minnesota you know north dakota wisconsin and up yeah. in the cold country yeah uh take off in the winter and they go south yeah. Okay, and their house is uh, is vacant. Okay, they can put in a freeze alarm, and if for some chance their furnace fails, yeah, and the house starts getting cold, the freeze alarm will dial out uh, to uh, three phone numbers. It will call you in it Texas. It will call three people. Mm-hmm. You know, you. The person of your choice. The That's the, right. the, the uh, persons of your choice. Yeah. Yes. And uh, tell them there's a problem. Absolutely. So you go ahead. Now no, I was going to say, Harry, are you yes. uh, uh, your uh, thermostat? Is it? Is there anything involving software? You know, is this? Uh, you got a computer chip in here? Are we talking that? Or are you just doing the uh, with electronic tones? Or okay, uh, the the uh, freeze alarm uh, dials you know telephone numbers. Right. Yeah. Okay. The the uh, cabin thermostat has a microprocessor in it. Right. Okay. And the talking thermostat for the blind right. also has a microprocessor. Okay. okay. That's what Cause, we were... uh, yeah, I, I've, we've built a house. Uh, all the other uh, the regular listeners know that. We've been going on it for six months. And I have heat pump, train, air conditioning, and, and a heat pump. Sure. And I'm getting uh, having installed a Honeywell programmable... Uh, thermostat for the the heat pump. Okay, part. but and I'm I'm partially sighted, but I, I I wasn't aware of you, but I I've always been partial to Honeywell thermostats, and uh, uh, so I was wondering, you know, how yours worked in relationship to 
I mean, it, it's obviously a computer involved, a computer chip someplace. Uh, today, most thermostats. Right. I have a microprocessor. Sure. Them. Now, uh, they're, they're, they're uh, basically uh, software thermostats. And uh, you, you also alluded to one that you make that that is completely programmable for, um, well, I guess sighted people use it too. But did you, you didn't have, did you have the blind in mind when you did this? or did, did, Okay, I am not the manufacturer. Okay, I know. I am not the manufacturer, but the thermostat started out as a talking thermostat, uh, basically for sighted people and elderly people. Yeah. Okay. Uh, then uh, the manufacturer, excuse me, <clears throat> Have a little frog in the throat. All right. The manufacturer uh, said, "Hey, uh, this thermostat could be modified with software modifications to put in uh, voice prompting." Yeah. Okay. The, the the first run did not have voice prompting. Okay. They put in voice prompting, so a person who is blind can now operate this thermostat, and the thermostat tells them the temperature, the temperature setting, the time, and it also uh, tells uh, these these people how to change the time. It's all voice prompted. Mm-hmm. And I can show you that. Okay. All right. I'm going to put you on the speakerphone. <laughs> okay. okay. And I'm going to take a thermostat. All right. Okay, hold it up to the speakerphone. All right. And I am going to run through its paces. That's good. Let's can you that. hear me? We can hear you, sir. Go okay. ahead. Okay. I am currently on the speakerphone. We noticed that. Yeah, uh, it sounds a little hollow, doesn't it? That's all right. We're a little hollow here. We we don't. That doesn't bother us. We're kind of. Texans are. We're in, are not in, hollow, are they? No, we don't mind. It's hollow leg. We so. thought it was because you were cold up there in Minnesota. <laughs> That's what we yeah. thought. Okay. Uh, the thermostat, uh, size-wise, yeah. is about six and a half inches long. Okay. It's about four inches high right. and about an inch and a half deep. Okay. You know, so it's uh, the size of a standard thermostat. Uh-huh. uh-huh. There are four uh, primary buttons on the front panel of it. One is a a, a button that is uh, called report, and that gives the time, the day, the temperature, and the temperature setting. Okay. There are two buttons in the, in the uh, shape of half circles. One's pointing up, one's pointing down. And those are used for setting the temperature. Like up and down arrows. Up and down arrows. Okay. And there's another button. It's a help button that, that basically says if your furnace quits, if you're getting cold, if the thermostat's okay, uh, right. you should call your heating contractor. Okay. Okay. So I am going to make the thermostat talk by pressing the button. All right. Thursday, 3.37 p.m. Indoor temperature is 65 degrees. The thermostat setting is 68 degrees. That's good. Yeah, how did that sound? That sounded it fine. Sounded good. That sounded fine. Change, change something with the up and down arrows. I am going to, okay, it said the uh, temperature setting was 68. I'm going to make it 72. All right, go. Okay. 69, 70, 71, 72. There it is. Okay. Great. All right, just up and down arrows. It's up and down arrows. Okay. 
Now, this thermostat is both a manual thermostat and a fully uh, programmable thermostat. When I say programmable, I mean there are four programs a day. Okay, that can be set in. Yeah, that's neat. Uh, okay. uh, such as uh, when you go to bed, right? When you wake up, when uh -huh. you go away to work, and when you come back home again. Okay. So four different temperatures can be set at four different times. Okay. Okay, that's Monday through Friday. Most 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 people schedule change on the weekend, so there is a, a separate setting for the weekend. There's also four programs, but these programs uh, can be changed, not the same programs as for Monday through Friday. Oh, so the weekend has four programs also? Yes, sir. Okay. Okay, four programs. Okay, as I mentioned, everything on this thermostat is voice prompted. I am going to go in and change uh, the, the uh, day and the time right. and so on. All right. Okay, the thermostat, on the front of the thermostat is a door that opens up. There are seven push buttons behind the panel. And it is laid out, four buttons on the bottom row, three buttons on the top row. Okay. Now, the way the buttons are laid out, the buttons are very easy to learn. So, the buttons on the bottom row are called uh, daytime, run, weekday, and no. The upper row is on, off, weekend, and yes. So I am going to change the day and the time. Okay. I will, I will press on the daytime button. All right. Thursday, 3.40 p.m. Do you want to change the day or time settings? Press yes or no. I will press the yes button because I want to change it. All right, and that's you up. Like voice instructions? Press yes or no. Yes. Press it again. Press the up or down key to set minutes. When finished, press run. 42, 43, 44. And the run button. 44, press the up or down key to set the hour of the day. When okay. finished, press run. 2 p.m., 1 p.m., run, the program was completed. Yes, sir. All right. Okay, after every operation, uh, you, you you press run. Yeah. Okay, uh, then it will prompt you for the next operation. And setting the temperature and the time for the uh, programmed feature of the thermostat, it's, it's done in the same manner. It's all voice prompted. Okay, as I said, the thermostat is both a programmable thermostat, and a manual thermostat. And uh, the feature can be turned on or off okay. with one of the buttons, just like this. Program is on. Okay, now the, the uh, thermostat is in the automatic programmable uh, uh, feature. Okay. I press it again. Program is off. And now the, the thermostat acts 
as a manual thermostat. In other words, uh, set it at 70 degrees, and it stays at 70 forever until you until come you back change and change it. it. So will, just... it will it talk in that mode, Harry, in the, in the manual mode? Uh, yes. Okay. Okay, right now it's in the manual mode, and if you, you want to change temperature... I want... Okay. okay. Uh, uh, scroll up and down on the up and down arrows, and it will talk to you. I, and it will it will also tell you the day, the time, the temperature, and the temperature setting. But you have no difference in program. It stays whatever you set it at all the time. Yes, sir. Okay. All right, so, yes, Harry, obviously, you know, people can learn which, like most switches, to heat and cool. You left is heat and centers off and right is cool or vice versa. So will this tell me which mode I'm in, or does it assume that you know that? It will not. Uh, tell you the mode. Okay, there there are two uh, uh, switches. Okay, fan uh, such as heat, right? Yeah. Off, cool, yeah, and auto fan. Okay, just auto that, which is which is normal on like a normal it's normal on yeah. all uh, a thermostat. And you just memorize that. Okay. Uh, you yeah. um, uh, memorize that. Generally speaking, you know you you set it on the heat mode and it's six. And uh, sits in the uh, uh, heat mode for six months, and then when it right. starts to get warm outside, you change it down to the cool mode. Yeah. So price. Well, we don't we don't do six months. We have about nine months of heat down here. All right, give me. Yeah. A, uh, is this the this the only talking model you have? Yes, sir. Okay. What is the price? The price is one hundred and forty nine fifty mm-hmm. uh, plus ten dollars shipping and handling. So 150 160 bucks. Okay, now there are are uh, two models of this. Okay. Uh, one model for the standard heating, the, the standard furnace air conditioner, uh-huh. as the the people have up in the, the colder climates. Uh-huh. And there is a model for heat pump. Uh-huh. Well, you may uh-huh. have just sold one. The heat pump unit is uh, ten dollars more. Right, who manufactures this for you, Harry? Honeywell. It, Okay, it is uh, manufactured in China, okay. as most products are today. Yeah, the manufacturer is down in New Orleans, right? And um, they are called uh, Smartway Solutions. But they are outsourcing these things to China, I think. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, Harry, let me ask you this: a lot of some blind-friendly products uh, leave out sighted people. Does this have a, a digital readout? Where if like a partially sighted or a just a totally sighted person could just use the, uh, you know, like the, is there something that's going to tell me at seventy five degrees on a screen or there there is an LCD display right there is okay. and everything that is displayed on the LCD display right. is spoken okay okay right. you may have just sold one of these see I priced the Honeywell non talking for my heat pump. And it's a hundred and sixty-five dollars, right? Programmable, and I don't think it does any more than yours. You need to buy one of those. Yeah. Right. All right. Give okay. Us. Also, uh, the the talking feature can be turned off. How neat! Oh, excellent. And you can also set it for uh, centigrade. Do you, does it have? It wouldn't happen to have a, a security alarm where if somebody was screwing around with your thermostat and you didn't want them to, it would scream out or something. No, sir. Uh, one other feature it has is basically a uh, freeze alarm feature for freeze protection. Okay, 
it has a sensor that is uh, uh, totally independent of the thermostat functions. Wow. If the thermostat was, was turned off by mistake, if the thermostat failed for some reason, or if the uh, four AA batteries in it uh, died. Mm-hmm. Okay. And the owner of the, the home wasn't at home. They were on vacation, whatever, and the, the house started to get cold. At 40 degrees, uh, this uh, safety switch kicks in, and it turns on your furnace, and it maintains uh, 40 degrees in the house until the problem can be corrected. That's a good feature right yeah. there. Yeah. If the, no, it's okay. a safety feature. Assuming yeah. that your heater's working. Yes. Uh, it, will, it will kick your on your... Your furnace has to be working and in good shape. So even if, those water pipes. Even if you leave it off, even if you don't forget, if you forget to turn it on, it will, it will turn your heater on and keep your house warm. At uh, 40 degrees. What a neat feature. Now, and yeah. when you install this thermostat, do you have to do a switch or a setting uh, between a, a gas and an electric furnace? Uh, there is a setting for for uh, fan control, and that that's what you're asking about. Okay, typically, uh, in elect, uh, typically gas. Uh, the the fan is operated by the the furnace itself. Yeah. Okay. Right. Okay. If if the furnace does not control the fan, the thermostat has a setting. Uh, so, so when there's a call for heat. Uh, the the uh, thermostat will turn the fan on. Okay. Okay. So that that feature is in there. All right. Now uh, the the thermostat is both heating, air conditioning, as I said, and it will replace uh, probably ninety nine percent of all thermostats on the market today. Uh, two wire, uh, three wire, four wire thermostats. Very good. All right, now, quickly, because we're almost out of time. Yes. How do you learn, how does a blind person learn about the operation of this thermostat? Okay. A CD comes along with the thermostat. Okay. That it plays in any CD player? Any CD player or on their PC. And basically, what the, the CD says is pick the thermostat up with both hands. Mm-hmm. And the uh, rounded side of the thermostat should be in the left. Okay. Okay, from that point it starts and it says the button in the bottom left-hand corner is a report button. Oh, okay, so it, features it, it, are it, that it, it gives you complete instructions as to how to operate the thermostat. All the way through. Excellent. Okay, plus on the CD is a text file. Uh-huh. So the text file could be, be, be played with JAWS. Uh-huh. Or any any text to speech program. All right. Okay. You know, so it's it's covered. Man. All right. Well, let's get quickly to how one obtains one of these thermostats. Give us the uh, email address, or if you've got an eight hundred number. Website give us, or give us a website. Or uh, tell us what you got. Okay. There is a website, which is www.talkingthermostats.com. www.talkingthermostats.com. Okay, make sure there's an S on the end of thermostat. Okay. Thermostats. I have one question. Thermostats.com, or uh, they can call me at 1-800-838-8860. 
That's certainly simple enough. Okay. You... Uh, once again, 1-800-838-8860. All right. And, and uh, the commission checks will be in the mail if we sell a dozen, right? <laughs> yes, sir. <laughs> I had one question Harry, for you, right. Harry. One quick question. Yeah, go uh, for it. What color is the digital readout? The digital readout is your standard uh, gray, black gray. Okay, so it's on. it's like an else. It's 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 a. Is it an LCD? LCD. Not LED. LCD. So you could not read it without light at it, night. The thermostat does does have a backlight. Oh, good. okay. That's a good you feature. press a button on it, and the light comes on. What right. a guy. Okay, what one other feature. Yeah. Okay, as I mentioned, the thermostat is uh, battery operated. Yeah. Uh, the batteries last approximately two years. And it'll tell you when they're going. Approximately two to three weeks uh, before the batteries fail, the thermostat will tell you a low battery. Right. And at that time, you know, the battery should be changed. It'll give you a couple weeks to change them. All right, we're fixing to be off here. Give me, the, give me the 800 number one more time. <clears throat> okay, 800 number is 1 800 838 8860. One eight hundred eight three eight 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 six zero. If you forget that number, give me a call. Everybody's got my number. We'll I'll give you the number. Harry, thank you much. Hey guys, thanks much, and and have a good day. I will. You enjoy right. Texas, and we'll talk to you in a day or two. Okay, bye. All right, more of the Blind Handyman Show in just a minute. Sighted people do, but we can't do them exactly the same way sighted people do. So we need a, uh, some input from other blind people to, to find out how they do uh, household repairs. And, and uh, so we formed this, started this blind handyman, and we got a list going. And as far as blind like me is concerned, it, 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 so we want to use it as an educational tool. As I remember being a young adult, a young person, and thinking, well, how am I going to? I want a, a, a nice house and a, uh, as kids and a, a you know good job, but how am I going to do that? And, and I had just had one. I think the Blind Like Me show uh, demonstrates the fact that it can be done uh, in even if you are blind. That's not a handicap. It can be done. 
If you would like to be a guest on either show, or you can suggest someone as a guest, email us at blindhandyman at hotmail.com or blindlikeme at txucom.net. Well, so far, it's been a labor of love. listening to the blind handyman if you have an idea for a topic or project you would like us to discuss let us know at our address blindhandyman at hotmail.com now back to the show with don patterson okay well you know from time to time on the show we we've talked about little projects that we've either either happened on or we sort of planned in advance and then, uh, like I, I remember in particular, we talked about putting up fence and different fence, and sometimes it carries over from one show to the the next. And uh, as most of the listeners know, the warden and I have built a new house. In fact, we're closing tomorrow. And uh, so during the process, we uh, wanted to put in a lawn. We did not incorporate that expense in in the building as you can do sometimes you can get a turnkey thing or you can select or elect to do certain things and uh putting in the the grass is basically what we're talking about and then now, now we want to talk about grass but we hope yeah. your eyes don't get red while we do yes well, well, not I, that I, kind I, of good get him uh, get him out of here uh, doesn't he have uh, <laughs> all right lock and load let's yeah, get him no. anyway and so uh down here in our part of the country, basically, you've got, what, Bermuda grass or centipede or St. Augustine. I guess there are probably others. And so uh, centipede, uh, I think, might spread faster, grows faster. Uh, it's a little uh, uh, narrower leaf grass. And then uh, Bermuda is very, often. Yeah, very narrow. And then I am kind of grew up in the old school, and I like St. Augustine, and that's what we opted for. And so... Uh, 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 Basically, what I did is called some nurseries, nursery men, uh, people who do that, and I got uh, various prices. I mean, and Buddy, they uh, range from uh, uh, something I could afford to five or ten thousand dollars, just whatever you want to do. But we, we basically, we wanted a basic, uh, say, give or take a hundred by hundred uh, lot area. Uh, with a house sitting in the middle of it, just a standard size yard, and uh, and I opted to do it myself, to buy the product and then install it myself. And it's really fairly simple. Uh, the, the grass they sell it by the pallet, they call it, and this is uh, I can't tell you the dimensions of the pallet. Setna, it's grass piled up on, I mean, uh, little sheets or. Uh, uh, well, yeah, little sheets of grass, uh, yeah, and they're uh, they're approximately well, like two feet by two feet would be a good. Yeah, t- they're more rectangular, but that would yeah. be a three by two, three by one and a half. Something so, like so that. it's not and all one big sheet of grass. Right. It's and several small sheets of, of of grass already growing. And it's yeah, already growing. It's cut out, and the dirt is on the bottom. It's it's really like a carpet. I yeah. mean, if you you know, you, have you seen the stick down linoleum or the yeah. stick down carpet? Yeah. It's the same thing, we only could, on a grander scale. We could call this stick-down grass. Yeah, and, it is. And uh, basically, they, the, our guys, uh, 
we they determined how much we wanted to buy, and then they brought it to us, like saying a pallet will cover roughly 560 square feet. So that would be an area, you know, 20, 20 by 20 is 400 square feet. Yeah. So 20, 25, I mean, this stuff goes up exponentially. 25 by 25, would roughly, would, get, would come close, yeah. Now, I got a question. If you compare it to laying, like, floor tile, right? do you put these uh, pieces down, like, real close together you, or touching each other or gapped to, or what? Butt them up against each other, but you don't overlap them. But also, I've left a couple of gaps, and I don't think it matters. This grass is going to spread. If it doesn't do it this year... It's going to do it next year. And I can tell you a little anecdote. Like I say, this may cover a couple of programs. Uh, basically, you just you get it on the trailer, and you have the guy uh, uh, park the trailer in, in a general proximity to the area that, you, that you're going to cover. In our case, we had been, we've had a lot of rain, so we had to park the, the trailer on our driveway. And then... And so you want to put carrying, toting down to a minimum, you uh-huh. know. And I used a little, a child, so sort of a heavy-duty child's little red wagon, and I would take off about 10 or 15 pieces of this grass. Okay. It weighs, it's heavy. Uh, I can't give you an, a, a thing. I just know that three pallets on a, you need a tandem axle trailer. Uh, uh, so it, it weighs in pretty good. But a, each piece is not heavy. I mean, you can pick it up with no strain. You can yeah. handle it. Uh, one person can, can pick it up. One person, and a blind person could because it, it's geometric. And so it, it's stacked on these pallets. They may crisscross. Like one layer may run the long end north to south. Okay, but the drop uh, layer would run east to west. Well, that wouldn't matter. But you could yeah. feel the, 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 the edges of the pallet and just pick it up. Well, yeah, but if you were pulling it, You'd want to know which direction it runs because you would, if you pulled it from one way, you'd pull it out from another. You unload it like a, a spiral. In other words, you take this layer off. If they're running north to south, get that whole layer before you start, you start on, on the, the next, next one, one. Okay. or you'll be. Yeah. But uh, you'll it, be pulling out from under, out from some under something. But okay, it, but you'd figure. If God could figure that out. It will very simply, and in, in, in the grass, like the dirt part of the grass, like when they take it off the farm it's probably an inch thick so in a sense if you have a well-prepared area you're also getting some sodding i mean the grass is rooted in this and they Uh cut it out like a cookie just like you made a pan of brownies Uh and then you just slice it well that's what this grass is now if you if you are totally blind the only sighted help you would need would be to get you started in other words if you had someone lay help you lay the border of your yard, you could, by yourself, do the rest. Exactly. In some areas that I'm dealing with right now, the the borders, the natural borders, you've got three out of the four possibilities. You've got the house, yeah. the driveway, and then you have one open area. So if you had that open area, if somebody helped you do that, then you could do, the blind person could do the rest. Well, or if you started with the house, which is going to give you a straight which it, edge, which you could come across and, in a sense, do the That's open right. area by yourself. Yeah. And All it's right. also not rocket science. It doesn't have to be perfect. You know, it just, uh, you lay it down the best you can. Some you have to cut some if you want to, or just fill in with some dirt. All right, well, and, we're, uh, we're, we're, we're uh, out of time. Okay. We've uh-huh. uh, put down some grass, guys, and if you have questions about it, you can email us. We'll do a cooking show next week, I suppose, with um, 
Uh, television star Dale Campbell. <laughs> All right. Blind handyman. Thank you, Don I Patterson. Guess will, will he be accompanied by Perry Mason? Or I don't know do whether he will know? or not. He'll probably sue us. Thank you, Don. <laughs> Both Don. Yep. Tom Houston. My pleasure. Thank you so much. Thank you. We'll see you next week. I'm Phil Pars. He said the blind man. He picked up his hammer and saw. Bye-bye. Blind Handyman is produced by Out of Market Productions, 1604 Southwood Drive, Lufkin, Texas. Phone 936-634-9500.